We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. So I'm going to share this morning on joy. And this is a theme that I've actually been chewing on um, over the last year in my own personal times with God. And um, it's actually mentioned, depending on the version of the Bible you use, it varies, but mentioned 430 times in the Bible, as opposed to happiness, which is only mentioned a handful of times. So there's something that's very particularly significant about joy, and it's different to happiness. So I just want you to pause for a second to just consider these questions just just inside. Are you feeling full of joy this morning? Or have you experienced joy recently? And is this joy dependent on your circumstances? Those are questions I just want you to ask yourself for a minute. We had a prophetic word uh, before the birth of one of our children that this child will bring you joy. Now, of course, all my children bring me joy and bring us joy, and sometimes not so much joy. But the word was spoken at an extremely difficult time and painful season in our lives. And it was as though we could take hold of that truth and that promise and faith for the future of our children and and for our future. So, think again, what brings you joy? Or sometimes people might ask you, what makes you come alive? Um, What just catches you in a moment, like a sunset? Um, I just was reflecting on what John was speaking last week on heaven, like those sunsets or those magnificent rainbows, And no matter what's going on, they stop you in your tracks, and it's like, wow. And almost like a foretaste of heaven. For me, seashells and buttons are some of my secret joyful pleasures. (laughs) They are treasures to be found and hold hidden stories. Seashells represent hours of my childhood spent beachcombing with my dad. And then the joy of my children, maybe one particular child, beachcombing on holidays. Um, in particular, when we're back in Northern Ireland, I can lose my dad and Kira Lynn for hours and hours of beachcombing. And button boxes. There is something so exciting and special about button boxes. And I've even occasionally found a whole shop devoted to buttons and the colors and the shapes and the sizes. It's very, very exciting. And I know that there are some other people who share that passion with me, but I won't mention any names. But there's nothing more exciting than the old button tin, tin, an old button tin of maybe that your grandparents have or your elderly neighbor. And we have an elderly neighbor who once brought her button box into our home and Carolyn, as much as me, was very excited by this button box, sorting colors and patterns. And, and as we sorted, my neighbor started to tell me stories. 
she said, oh, that was the button of my father's old coat. And that, that little white button with the yellow duck on it, that was the button for the cardigan that I knitted one of my children. And each button held a memory. And each memory retold unlocked joy for her. So to me, buttons and shells are like treasure waiting to be found. Things that bring us joy are often things that connect us with something much deeper than a pleasant experience or happy moment. Maybe it's a memory, treasure, a longing, a relationship. So some of you may have seen the film, the children's film, Inside Out. It's a really good film. I recommend it actually for adults as much as children. It's quite, um, quite insightful in terms of what's going on inside us in terms of our emotions. And the main character, Riley, and her, emo her emotions are expressed by these characters inside her brain. So here we have Joy in the yellow dress, and in the blue we have Sadness. And Joy is always trying to make sure Riley is happy, and especially making sure sadness doesn't touch Riley's memories. But as the film goes on, Joy realizes she can't keep Riley from experiencing sadness, and that actually there is a role for Joy and sadness to play together, hand in hand. So Joy doesn't equal no pain and suffering. Joy is not dependent on our circumstances. Joy is something deeper that we can discover and experience in all seasons of life. And I think we as a community have particularly known that this week, haven't we? We've had the sadness of a funeral, we've had the joy of a wedding in one, in, within a few days of each other. And we've seen that joy and sadness hand in hand. I'm just going to ask Anne Smith to come and read passage from Isaiah 61, 1-3 for me. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So I love this passage. It's one of my favorite. And my Peace Together team know that I've talked about it many, many, many times. And there's, there's so much, nearly a whole preach that passage in itself. But there's something very specific on mourning and joy, on grief and joy. There is a very specific comfort in the oil of joy that God gives for all those who mourn. 
And I'm going to be, I'll come back to the oil of joy in just a moment. So, as I've almost attempted to read all 430 verses that mention joy in the Bible, um, we're going to have a little bit of a Bible dump for you. And I started to see some recurring themes and some patterns coming out in um, the verses that I explored. So first of all, joy as a gift from God. Hopefully that you can see all those words. So each of these words, this is my spider diagram, which Daniel told me is more like a centipede. So <laughs> I'm going to try to whiz round. I've got two spider diagrams that I want to kind of go through with you. And each of these words have several verses behind them. I don't have time to go through every one of those verses today. I'll give you all the references. But I have a table of them all together if anyone wants to explore them further that you can um, get from me. So we'll start like a hands of clock going around. I'll start with strength. So the joy of the Lord is your strength. We all know this verse. And it comes from Nehemiah. And it actually was God's response to the people of God's repentance as they came back to build the walls. They're, they're turning um, and rediscovering the ways and following the ways of God. And, and that gift from God of his strength through his joy. Comfort, we've spoken of already. And it's comfort in, in grief. But actually also there's verses that talk about comfort in anxiety. A joy that brings consolation and comfort um, in the midst of our anxiety and cares. Restoration. God is about restoration. And in the Psalms, it talks about restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Transformation. We saw it in that passage that Anne read. Beauty instead of ashes, oil of joy instead of mourning, garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. That sense of the Lord's joy bringing transformation. In the Psalms, it talks about you turn my wailing into dancing. You re remove my sackcloth and clothe me with joy. Hope. Romans 15, verse 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy. A God who brings us hope and fills us with joy. Salvation, rescue. Isaiah talks about, And those the Lord has rescued, sometimes it says redeemed or ransomed, will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. He has rescued us. We are the redeemed. And that promise of everlasting joy and gladness and joy that will overtake them is a promise to us. His presence we have an invitation to his presence. You have, the psalm says, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. And there's other verses that in, your, in his presence there is fullness of joy. 
precepts and principles, God's guiding principles to our lives, his law, um, talks about the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. That anointing, come back to that oil of joy he bestowed on them in, in Isaiah 50, 51, uh, 61, sorry, the oil of joy instead of mourning. There's a very particular anointing for those who are grieving. And oil, I think it's interesting that they describe this joy as the oil of joy, because oil is, is seen as something that cleanses, something that heals, something that brings nourishment, and also an anointing. And he anoints us, and it's a very particular anointing for those who are grieving. God's approval. Ecclesiastes talks about um, with a joyful heart. We celebrate with a joyful heart for God has already approved what you do. Um, so there's a joy when we know his approval. Okay? It's not saying he approves of everything you do, but there is a joy that we can experience when we experience God's approval. And finally, on this one, the Holy Spirit. Um, Joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit, and God gives us the gift of his Holy Spirit. So those are the gifts, but what about our choices that we need to make? So in this next centipede diagram, we have things that we have to choose to do in terms of accessing the joy of the Lord. So, first of all, remembering. Now, remembering actually encompasses several things. It's recounting and sharing the things that God has done with thankfulness, and there's also a sense of repentance wrapped up when you kind of look at the, the scriptures that re relate to that. Um, and a particular passage I wanted to look at is from 1 Chronicles 16. It's when... They're trying to bring the ark back, and they've created a place for the ark to go. And they've already tried it the wrong way. And they have to come back and actually say, you know, they have to bring the ark back the way the Lord has intended for them to do it. And as, as they go through this ministering before the ark that's so important, it talks about um, Give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of his wonderful acts. Remember all the wonders he has done. I'm, not, I'm picking out verses here. His miraculous and the judgment he pronounced. Sing to the Lord for all the earth, proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds. Again and again, there's a recounting what the Lord has done. And there's that sense of singing to the Lord, of celebration, of thankfulness. Um, splendor and majesty, and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are his dwelling place. And, and it goes on and on. But throughout the whole passage, there's that sense of recounting. There's a sense that they, they as a people have come to this point and have repented and are going to bring the ark back in the right way. There's the, the remembering, the recounting, the sharing, there's the thankfulness, and that links in a minute to the, 
it's a celebration and worship that we'll, we'll look at. Um, so remembering and thankfulness, that's a choice that we make. We have to activate, we have to choose that, and we can access the joy of the Lord as we recount, as we celebrate, as we come in thankfulness. Sowing and reaping. So both of those are a choice. It says, those who sow in tears will reap with song, songs of joy. When you're in pain, when there's tears, when there's difficulty and hardship, it's hard to, to sow. But God calls us to sow into his kingdom, even in the midst of those difficulties. And there's that promise that we will reap with songs of joy. Um, but also, I think there's a choosing to reap, too. Because that's the, that's the action God bestows on us the joy. He anoints us with the joy. He fills us with joy. But we have to choose to sow and to reap. Endurance. This is the one that we love the most, isn't it? But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. And in James, count it all joy. I remember John once speaking on count it all joy. I was like, favorite verse in the Bible, not. Count it all joy when you experience many kinds of testing and so on. There's nothing about joy that says it's going to be easy. There's nothing about joy that says there's not going to be any pain or hardship. And yet there is something very significant, something very freeing, something very powerful that we can experience even in the midst of difficult times. And Hebrews says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And he invites us to partner with him in that we endure for the joy set before us. And celebration and worship, we much prefer these ones, celebration and worship, but that links back to what we were talking about, the remembering and the thankfulness. There's so much in the Psalms about shouts of joy, sing aloud and sing for joy. And those are active choices. It's not when you feel like it, sing for joy. It's active choices to shout for joy, to sing for joy, and to step into that. We're invited to follow him, to trust him. In Romans 15, verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him as you trust in him so there's a promise that he will fill us with joy and that there's the god of hope that comes and fills us with joy as you trust in him so we have a choice to trust in him come drink all who are thirsty and that passage it's isaiah 55 goes on to say you will go out with out in joy and be led forth with peace. There's an invitation for us to come and drink. Again, I think that links to his presence. The gift of his presence and that invitation for us to come into his presence. We talked in the last one about um, God's principles and his precepts, his guidance for our life. And what's our response to that is obedience walking and choosing to live in obedience. And the Psalm 119 says, Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. So just a few more. Generosity. 
Um, Paul in Corinthians talks about the Ma Macedonians church, um, the Macedonia church. Out of their severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. There was something as they were generous, God filled them with joy despite the severe poverty and difficulties that they were facing. So again, that theme coming again, it's not dependent on our circumstances. Believing, we believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I love that phrase, inexpressible and glorious joy. Are you experiencing an inexpressible and glorious joy? I think so often we're we not, or we don't feel that we are, or we're misunderstanding really what this joy is. Shared life. It's been interesting because it's been a theme that has been preached on recently. Um, in 2 John 1 verse 12, um, John writes, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face so that our joy may be complete. There's a completeness that we can have in relationship and that face to face. Well, we know we couldn't have that in lockdown. But that sense of completeness of joy is only possible when we're together. So this is not a joy that we experience just an isolation on our own between us and God. This is something about relationship and connection and with each other. And Philemon says, your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. So there's that, that we can bring joy to each other. We can refresh each other. And that God calls us to do that. And finally, for this Bible dump, Life by the Spirit. So there was the gift of the Holy Spirit, but there's a choice that we make in living life by the Spirit. And we know that one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. So that's my intense Bible bit. So throughout those passages as well, there was a sense of um, an internal per perspective. There was the past, the kind of remembering um, recounting, sharing what God has done. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. The things that once were, that in, I can actually still access that joy that was in the past. And there's the joy in the midst of current circumstances. Those that faced trials, those that needed to be comforted in, in the midst of grief or, or anxiety. And then there's for the joy set before us, the future. So there's a, a, an eternal perspective on this joy. So just going to finish off here. So a treasure called joy. Joy is a treasure. Perhaps you find it when you're not looking for it in unexpected places. Or perhaps you go treasure hunting. When Jesus was born into a broken world, hope was born. The Prince of Peace, the one who wants to fill you with great joy. So whether you're living in a season of laughter or tears, he invites you to discover that treasure called joy. So I just want to leave you with a couple of questions. Where do you need to be open 
to receive God's gift of joy? And where do you need to make choices that can bring you into a place of accessing his joy? Just finally, I want to pray this blessing on you from Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with power by the power, overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at Lifeline UK.